0: ESPN, Head in the Game.
1: Yes, hello everyone. This is Head in the Game, your ultimate guide to the big sporting event of the week. I'm Jamie Lang, and for our last episode in the current series, I know very sad, we focus on the greatest golf tournament of them all, the Open Championship, which starts next Thursday at Royal Portrush in Northern Ireland. Now, before we speak to our first guests, let's hear from the one and only Voice with his 60-second countdown guide to the big event. The first Open
0: Championship was played in 1860 at Presswick Golf Club in Scotland. The winner received the Challenge Belt, worth £25 and was made from red leather with a silver buckle. In 1867, old Tom Morris Sr. became the oldest golfer to win the Open at 46 while eight years later, old Tom Morris's son, young Tom Morris, was the victor. Young Tom was presented the original Challenge Belt outright after winning the Championship three years in a row at just 17 years of age. So the belt was retired for good and in 1870 the Claret Jug Trophy was presented for the first time and has been awarded ever since. The Open is the only golf major played outside of the United States and is commonly, although incorrectly, referred to as the British Open. The current champion is Italian Francesco Molinari. Harry Varden has won a record six Opens, while Gary Player has appeared at the Open a record 46 times. South African Brandon Grace posted the best ever single-round score with a 62 at Royal Birkdale in 2017. St Andrew's course has held a record 29 Opens, while in 2016, Muirfield Golf Club lost the right to stage the championship after members voted against women being allowed to join this year's championship is being held in northern ireland which previously hosted
1: just the ones in 1951 oh. that's voice there with his quick fire history of the open now he'll be back a little bit later for the quiz uh, it's time to introduce our first guest on the line is dave tyndall journalist dave how are you i'm very well thank you jamie hello i heard a rumor that you're actually going to be at the open
2: Yes, that is a true rumour, actually. Um, flying out on Tuesday from Leeds. I believe you know Leeds.
1: Oh, I know Leeds very well. 2-2 Theatre
2: and Performance.
1: Very good. Yeah. Very good. I heard another rumour. Yes? That you're going to take me with you.
2: Yeah, hmm, I don't know who told you that one. <laughs> That's up for negotiation.
1: <laughs> uh, right, let's go across the pond to the USA. It's ESPN senior golf writer Bob Harrig. Bob, how are you?
3: very good thank you appreciate you having me
1: whereabouts in the usa are you uh i'm in florida
3: in the uh tampa area ah miami now a long way from there Uh. five hours from miami
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay that's all disneyland that's the another thing i i know about you know my american knowledge uh bob now are you (laughs) are you going to the open yes are you very
3: excited Absolutely. Not ever been to uh, Port Rush, so looking forward to it. Well,
1: it's interesting because I have uh Dave Tindall on the line. Dave, are you still there? I am, yes. Dave, meet Bob. Bob, meet Dave. Um, Hello, Bob. <laughs> guys, I want to know, of the four golf majors, is the Open still the daddy of all of them? Or has the Masters kind of overtaken and it's the one that everyone wants to win? What do you think, Dave?
2: Yeah, it's possibly a personal answer. But I think an interesting twist is to put it in terms of Rory McIlroy. Rory McIlroy, if you said to him, right, you can win one more major for the rest of your life, would it be the Open in front of your adoring Northern Irish fans or would it be a Masters green jacket, the one that's eluded him all this time? I always got a feeling Rory would go for the green jacket because I think if he didn't win that, if he didn't win a Masters, I think that would be a big hole in his career. Whereas winning a porn <clears throat> rush would be
3: brilliant and he'd remember it.
2: But if he didn't, there's still other opens he can win and he already has won one.
3: In a personal sense, for Rory, that makes a lot of sense. And I think depending on the person, it could vary greatly. You know, if it's me. As an American, as someone whose first memories are of the Masters, it might rather be the Masters, just simply because the tradition, it's sort of the signal of spring here in the U.S., and you get to keep going back. I don't think that can be overlooked. You win the Masters, it's always struck me sort of as sad that a guy like Greg Norman we all thought should have won it and, and had several chances to win it, is not a recurring figure at Augusta National, you know, when the Masters comes around, because now that his playing career is over, really, he's not there because he's not a past champion. I think that has some meaning, and I think that might push it ahead of the others. But saying all that, a major is a major, right? You know, they all count the same. And uh, at that time, I don't think it's going to bother me if I win the other one. So you're
1: saying Masters is your favourite. If you had to pick a, your favourite iconic moment, what would that be?
3: In terms of the Open, I like going back to 2009, Turnberry, when Watson nearly won at age 59, I just think it was such a remarkable achievement. And had he won, you're talking about one of the all-time achievements in sports, not just golf. I mean, for someone who's 59 to compete with players 20, 30 years younger and win on the biggest age, one of the biggest tournaments. And really, he was millimeters away from doing so. I think that's a big one. I, I would put Tiger's 2000 Open win at the home of golf. St. Andrews is right there with it. He was 24. He won in a dominating fashion after winning the U.S. Open in, in that manner. He completed the career grand slam at such a young age. It's just a memorable win among all the major victories.
1: Dave, and for you, the same question. What is your favourite Open Championship and what is your favourite iconic moment?
2: Yeah, well, the ones Bob said, I think any any Open at St Andrews is special because you always seem to get the best people winning there. Nicholas, Tiger, obviously, Faldo, Seve. Is that because it's the hardest course? I just think it, it maybe identifies the best player better than anyone else. Of course, the creativity, there's something special in the air. You kind of know you're going down in history if you win this. And I think the great champions just raise the game that bit more. If it was a really personal one, I would go back to 2001 when David Duval won at Lytham. All before that tournament, I went around telling everyone I knew, even people I didn't know, that he was going to win. I put money on him at 25 to 1. It couldn't have been scripted better. And then I managed to sneak into the clubhouse and looked out the window when he uh, held the winning putt. So for me personally, that was you know, when everything just sort of comes together, you kind of think this is never going to get any better. So that was a real iconic peak for me. But how did you call it? Why did you think he was going to win? A few reasons. He was a great player back then, obviously. There was a little story I read as well. When Tiger went at St Andrews in 2000, David Deval flew back on the plane with him and kind of had a look at the claret jug. And it was just a little bit of inspiration, I thought, that Deval took from that. And Deval played well at Lytham before when it had held the previous Open in 1996. So there was that little course form element and that little just extra X-factor element where he watched Tiger win there and then went out and won the next year. It's been
1: 50 years since the last English winner uh, won something apart from Nick Faldo. Now, it's incredible to really think that, seeing that we have so many great players in that period. You know, Colin Montgomery, Lee Westwood, Justin Rose, uh, you know, it goes on. What about Englishman Tommy Fleetwood? Dave, what do you think?
2: Yeah, firstly, don't call Monty English. He'll be, he won't be happy with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He didn't win it anyway, so whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, didn't he come second that one time when he should have won it? He's come second in a lot of majors, Monty. Um, but a very heartbreaking story that he didn't win one. Lee Westwood, you mentioned there. He's come so close so many yeah. times. The one Bob mentioned, um, Stuart Sink beat Tom Watson. Lee Westwood could easily have won that. Tommy Fleetwood, yeah, I think he's got a big chance. He's grew up playing Lynx Golf <laughs> in Southport. There was a lot of pressure on him when the Open was there at uh, Royal Birkdale a couple of years ago. I think he did well just to sort of make the cut and have a reasonable finish, but a little bit of less pressure on him on this one. He's played really well in the US Open. Bob will have seen him go close to that. Just Brooks kept, kind of did him. Um, so I think yeah, Tommy Fleetwood, he could be the next cab off the rank, it's about time, isn't it? An Englishman.
1: It's one? about time. Also, you know, Bob, if you know, no prizes for guessing who would be the most popular winner. Uh, it's got to be Rory McIlroy playing on home turf. What do you think his chances are?
3: I think it's tremendous pressure to be bearing. To be honest with you. Um, It's not just the home turf aspect of it, which, of course, is huge and would be a terrific story if he did it. Uh, I mean, certainly of of the Northern Irish golfers, he's obviously much more equipped to win, I'd say, than Graham McDowell and Darren Clark at this point. But, you know, Rory's got some pressure on him just to win a major period. In five years, you know, there was all the hype around him in 2014 when he won consecutive majors to get to four. As Dave noted, you know, trying to complete the career grand slam, he goes through that every year now at Augusta. Just adding a major, I think, is big. Uh, Rory, you know, uh, clearly believes that he's in the prime of his career with many, many chances to win them. But to have that many years go between them, I think it's got to be gnawing at him a little bit. And then he's having a good year. You know, he won the Players' Championship. He won the Canadian Open the week before the U.S. Open. His game is in good shape. I mean, it sets up nicely for him to do it. He's got all that course knowledge. But then can you really do it? He's going to be asked about it a million times this week at the Scottish Open leading into next week, a lot of fanfare. And it's not that always easy to make that come true. So uh, we'll see. But I think that would be a terrific story if you can pull it off.
1: Dave, what do you think? Do you think Rory can handle the pressure? Do you think this is what his issue is, is that it comes to those big moments and he actually mentally sometimes can't handle it?
2: Yeah, it's a good question. Obviously, all the things Bob has said about the pressure and everyone who won a piece of him that week. The thing I'm sort of a, a bit fearful of is sometimes you think stuff like that is too cute. It's too perfect. It's too, Oh, the story is too wonderful. But then I think I, I ruled out Tiger winning the masters this year. Cause I thought, Oh, that's just fairy tale stuff, isn't it? But it happened. So I'd be very reluctant just to go down the route saying, Oh, there's too much pressure on him this week. I think Rory's got a big, big chance and he has got a great mind. He's, he's one of those players. Once he's on a roll, once he starts making a few birdies, he can go into the zone. He can keep making them. He can separate himself from the field. So, if things fall his way, if he stays in there, gets on one of his famous Rory McElroy roles, I think we
3: could see that fairy story.
1: And also, you know, if Rory wasn't actually playing, the whole Open wouldn't be happening in Royal Port Rush, would it?
3: I'm not sure that it's that simple. I think certainly Rory and Graham McDowell and Darren Clark winning majors in close proximity like they did. They won three out of six there in 2000, 2011, and it got Portrush rush back in the conversation, you know, to a point to where it, it made people think about it a lot more than they had. It probably sometimes ought to be impossible that it could ever go back there for various reasons. The troubles, obviously, infrastructure, you know, it can it could be commercially viable. But those guys and their success, I think, was a starting point. And then so was getting an Irish Open there and then getting the RNA to believe that it could happen. And really, it's been a very, very fast turnaround from the Open not having been there since 1951 to, wow, they're going back. Ten years ago, you wouldn't have said it was possible But yet, five years ago, they announced it. So it's really, really another remarkable story. Roy has a part in it, but I think it's very nuanced and really a tribute to to everyone who really had a dream of getting it back, that it's coming off this way.
1: And Dave, you know, what is the atmosphere like? Is it incredibly buzzing? Is everyone on a good vibe? Is it just amazing to be there as a player, as a spectator?
2: Yeah, I think we we saw a dress rehearsal, a, a window into what it might be with the Irish Open last week at La Hinch. It's, a, it's just golfing country, isn't it? And and the fans come out in force. The Irish fans absolutely love the game. They love getting behind their own. They love getting behind everybody, in fact. And it just makes for a special atmosphere. So I think Royal Portrush, it's so iconic. It's so linked with golf. It's associated it with golf. Everyone there will know the game, love the game. They'll be absolutely thrilled that the tournament has come there. I, I think to, to pick up on what bob said i think things move faster and if you've got a big iconic figure who's kind of transcends the sport a bit of red tape can be cut aside can't it and things accelerate so i think it's going to be a fantastic atmosphere
1: we also got darren clark there you know even though he's 500 to one a little bit of a chance do you what do you think bob do you think he has a chance at all no <laughs>
3: <laughs> i really don't darren has not really been playing even that well in senior golf it's a big ask at this point. He's struggled mightily in, in regular events in the last several years. Of course, there's always the magic that could shine through. He knows the course. He's a member there, lots of experience. He's got a lot of experience playing Lynx golf, which, of course, is a big help and and also can help overcome some other things. You know, that was the reason why Watson had such a great chance at Turnberry. I mean, it gives him an advantage in places where others don't have it and where the other aspects of the game aren't as necessary, in lengths off the tee. So I would say never say never, but I find it to be highly unlikely.
1: Speaking of winners, we got Molinari, who lifted the Claret Jug last year. It's always difficult to predict who's going to win it. No one ever knows that. But if you had to predict a winner, one of your favorites, if you had to pick a couple of them, uh, Bob, who would you say is your favorites at the moment?
3: It's hard to ignore Brooks Kept at this point, even though his record at the Open isn't stellar. But a guy who's won four majors in the last two-plus years On pretty wildly different venues, I think you have to look at. He clearly has found a formula for competing in these big tournaments. And and there's a shot out at the Masters behind Tiger and a couple back at Gary Woodland at the U.S. Open last month. You know, he's gone 2-1-2 this year. It's a remarkable run that he's on. And, uh, you know, he's got the magic of having a caddy who's from Northern Ireland and grew up in Portrush. So maybe that helps him. I don't, you know, he doesn't have any experience there himself. But I I certainly think you have to look at him. Until he falls off, you've just got to put him up there every time and then i think there's a few other guys that, that have been sort of up there in, in the world of golf of weight that you just can't dismiss rory being one of them i think john rahm who just won in ireland on a lynx you know he won the irish open a couple of years ago is another guy very very well suited to play well at the open
1: and, and dave same question to you who are your favorites who are you looking at this
2: year who do you think has a chance to win it yeah i think bob's just kind of mentioned one of them that john rahm i think has got a big chance I think with him, the weather is such a big thing in the Open. If you get on the wrong side of the draw, um, if you go out you know, in terrible weather, it can wipe you out of the tournament. But I think if it's a decent weather Open, I think John Rahm, we've seen him win the Irish Open two of the last three years. I think John Rahm, if he gets the weather to suit, I think he's just a bulldozer. Isn't he? he can just absolutely take the field apart. I mean, he won the Irish Open with a weekend scores of 64, 62, just burst through the field he struggled a little bit when he started playing majors but I think he starts to get the hang of them now played well at Pebble Beach which again links by the sea Graham McDowell had won there before I think at this stage of the favorites I think John Rahm could be the one to watch
1: and also we can't go into a tournament without everything about Tiger Woods now I had a statistic once that if he didn't play back in the day viewing figures would drop by 50 percent Bob is that true is that a completely random fact that I just made up
3: um, I think there's some truth to it. I think it depends on the event. I'm not so sure it's as, that it's as much the case for a major. There's a big audience for the major championships with or without him. But clearly with him, he gives it a boost. If he's in contention, certainly it's off the charts. I mean, there's still a huge interest in Tiger, good or bad. Yeah. And every tournament he plays gets a boost. Uh, TV ratings, spectators, that sort of thing. But I mean, the sell out whether he's there or not, It'll get good TV ratings whether he plays or not they'll just be better if he's in the mix like you know at Carnoustie last year certainly at the PGA Championship the Masters this year had one of its highest ratings in years because he was in contention and, and won obviously even though it was played earlier in the year because of weather so there's no doubting that his impact is still real
1: do you think the pressure is off him do you think he doesn't feel like he has to win another one
2: he's kind of done it he's come back pressure sometimes we think of it as a, as a negative term don't we but I think with Tiger it's almost fuels him he, he wants pressure he doesn't want to his- go around waving to the crowd thinking that he's done his bit he wants to win more majors and I think the best way for him to win more majors is to feel the pressure to feel the burn to feel the adrenaline so I think Tiger will welcome pressure
1: but what do you think if you got Tiger Woods in the top 10 he's closing behind you how much pressure is that on you as a golfer
3: Yeah, I don't think it's as much as it used to be. I think the players of today recognize that Tiger has his flaws just like the rest of us. And back in the day, he didn't used to show them as much. And there was this sense that when he was lurking, you could not make a mistake you had to be perfect and that's pressure knowing that i've got to do everything right now you know tiger makes his share of mistakes he's you know he he can hit a wayward drive he misses putt i think that's what made his victory all the more special it was more the human tiger that won the masters The guy who had the troubles, I mean, he bogeyed the 10th hole. It was a crucial bogey that day that, uh, you know, that left him two behind with eight holes to play. Uh, You know, the fact that he was able to overcome that was a testament to him and and what he was able to accomplish. That's what we see now. He's not the lock that he was when things were going well.
1: And, And speaking of pressure... You know, as a golfer, being out there, uh, you know, going around with the crowd, how intimidating is it when you have to tee off, when you have to, not only are you trying to win a major, you've also got this whole crowd watching you. How do they deal with the pressure,
2: Dave? That's a good question. Having not played in the Open myself, um, I think my biggest crowd was about two people. It's a bit tricky to get there, but I think if you're a certain type of person, does love playing in front of the crowd, you know, you talk to footballers, an empty stadium, you don't quite have the same adrenaline going, so yeah, I think it's just something you've got to deal with, but I think for some players, it does need to be kind of learnt a little bit, and you can't just thrust them into playing in front of thousands from nowhere, so it will affect some of the players, but I think that those in the top echelon will just think absolutely, this is my stage, it's the more the merrier.
1: Okay, I want to have some predictions now, so Bob, who do you think's gonna win
3: it. <laughs> yeah, good question. Good question. I, I uh I tell you what, I wish I could pick somebody like Dave did at twenty five to one who uh who was as accomplished as Duvall was back in the day. But you know, I, I'm gonna probably go with somebody that we haven't even mentioned and that's Justin Johnson. I just sort of think he's due to win a major. He lurks in them, you know, he was second at the Masters, probably should have won more by now. And I just sort of feel that one of these days he's gonna pull through and get it done.
2: And Dave, what do you think? Yeah, I've mentioned John Rahm before. I think he's got a big chance. If if you wanted an interesting outsider... And one of the things with the Open is that often we see older players win it. We've seen Stenson, Mickelson, Ernie Els, all in their 40s when they won, where you look at something now like the US Open, I think the last 10 winners were, I think it's been like 32 and under. So it's become a bit of a young man's game, maybe the US Open, where you just bomb it down now. The Open, our Open Championship, needs us rewarded, you know, more experience, those with more guile. So I think you're looking for someone who could perhaps cause a stir. Someone in his 40s has won a couple of times this year. I would look at Matt Kuchar. Very, very nearly won the Open at Royal Birkdale when Jordan Spieth won. Kuchar's played great this year. He's caused a few controversies on along the way, but I think he just looks like a player whose maybe best chance of a major could come at the Open Championships. He's one I would look at at fairly nice odds.
1: Guys, thank you so much for that. Uh, thank you for the predictions. Bob, thank you so much for getting on the line and being across the pond. I'm shame I went back to get to see you at the uh, championship because Dave hasn't invited me, uh, which is very upsetting. <laughs> uh, Dave, you're going to stick around for the quiz, aren't you? Yes, yes. Amazing.
3: Okay, perfect. Bob, thank you so much. Thanks for having me, guys. Take care, Dave. We'll see you over there. Yeah, cheers, Bob.
2: Uh Dave, what do you think of Bob? Yeah, top bloke. Absolutely top bloke. I've, I've got a mate of mine who actually has worked with him um, for ESPN and said he is an actual confirmed factual top bloke. So that's, uh, I think we've heard it ourselves today as well. People, Lovely bloke.
1: People say that about me. They, they
2: actually go, well, fact, fact,
1: Jamie, is a top bloke. I've heard, I, people say that as I walk down the street, weirdly.
2: Are they shouting it kind of thing?
1: They don't shout, they whisper because they're intimidated by, by, uh, by yeah, me. I can, imagine. I can I, imagine. I'm like the Tiger Woods of the streets of London.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I could interpret that in several ways. Are
1: you going to take me on in this quiz? Let's do it, yeah. Okay, you ready? Uh I'm going to intro the lovely voice Uh for the last time. Hello, year, Jamie, how are you? You just cut me off
0: before I could so even... I'm, I, I, I'm terribly was... sorry. I, you we... say you're the Tiger Woods of what? Look,
1: just you stay out of my... More own... like the Tiger Woods of the reality show. Stay perhaps. out of my business, all right, voice? You do your thing, I'll do my okay. thing, all right? All right. Dave, I apologise. We always argue like this. Just... Hello,
0: Dave. Oh, how Dave? are you?
1: Hello hello voice
0: very nice to speak to you i hope you beat jamie because then by the way he normally cheats but he hasn't managed to get hold of the questions this time around Uh, which is marvelous news so you might have a chance
1: i hope so right everyone here we go time for the quiz
0: yes it's the head in the game quiz jamie and dave are you ready
2: ready ready
0: right dave you first round one multiple choice The Claret Jug Trophy has a typographical error after an engraver's misspelling. What is the incorrect spelling? A. 1932 winner Gene Sarazen was spelt with a J rather than a G. B. Holly Lake instead of the golf course Hoy Lake. C. Balosteros was spelt with one L when Sevi won in 1979. Or D. Podrig Harrington with an accent on the first A instead of without. Blimey. But I'm not reading that again. Oh
2: dear, I'm gonna go for C,
0: Steffi. I'm afraid you are wrong, it was Holly Lake instead of Hoy Lake. <laughs> and you're the man with the golf knowledge, Dave, it's not a good start, let's be honest. Jamie, over to you. Question number two. The term caddy derives from the French word for A, youngest, B, water carrier, C, box, D, servant. Water carrier. No, it is youngest. Nil points for both of today's guests. Dave, question number three. 1963 Open winner Bob Charles is the first A, New Zealander to win the tournament, B, left-hander to win the tournament, C, non-British golfer to be knighted, D, all of the above.
2: Well, so I was about to say, he's... he's both of those first two answers so i'm going all of the above is correct one ah, nil today
0: pressure's on you jamie mm-hmm. question number four which unlucky player has finished open runner-up seven times a colin montgomery b jack nicholas c ian wuznum d greg norman jack nicholas is correct yeah, knew Al- that. although he did win it three times so don't have to feel sorry for the golden bear it's one apiece after round one. Well done, chaps. Round two is true or false. Dave, spectators have been forbidden from shouting "get in the hole" at the tees for this year's tournament. True or false?
2: <sighs> well, they wouldn't do that anyway, but because they're they're not American, going mad. Um, oh, ouch! <laughs> that'll be false. Is correct. Well done,
0: Jamie. Women are not permitted to enter the Open Championship. True or false? False. Is correct. They've been eligible since 2005. Mm. Your neck-and-neck, neck boys. Dave, with the exception of Nick Faldo, no English player has won the Open
2: for 50 years. Uh, with the exception of Nick Faldo, no. That is true. Because correct in the interview.
0: <laughs> yes, uh, sorry about that. <laughs> Bad luck, Jamie. <laughs> Jamie. Yes. When Jean van der Velde famously lost the Open in 1999, despite leading by three shots at the final hole, his name was already engraved on the trophy true or false true is correct i think he's getting
1: his he's getting his answers a bit oh dave just you know what actually
0: on this occasion i can assure you david he is not cheating okay we're neck and neck Mm -hmm. we're equal and we've got one more round to go here we go dave first this is open winner or pop star dave tommy amore open winner or pop star
2: yeah, Tommy Armour, he was Scottish
0: and he was a golfer. Is correct. I don't suppose you can tell me when he won the Open. Oh, about
2: 1920
0: or something. Oh, not too bad. 1931, but no bonus points for you there. Uh, Jamie, Fred Durst. Golfer. No, he's wow. the front man for Limp Biscuit. <laughs> but he actually is a keen golfer. Yeah. My goodness, it's getting very exciting now, Dave. You're in the lead. Dave, here we
2: go. Penultimate question for you mungo park well there's mungo jerry wasn't there but mungo park i'm gonna go golfer open winner
0: 1874 Uh, jamie i think you have to get this or have you already lost it doesn't really matter it's the end of the series final one ted ray
1: Ah, singer
0: no hailed from jersey and won the open in 1912 (laughs) not not to be confused with the english comedian Dave Tyndall, you are the champion!
2: Oh, well done, Dave! Get in there. And you're in the clubhouse. Well done, Dave. Thank you, boys. Thank you,
1: Jamie. Hey Dave, listen, it's it's the end of the series for us right now, and you're gonna be here ending it with me.
2: What a way to go out, me winning beating you in a quiz.
1: Well, I mean, true, that is true. You did beat me in the quiz, but do you know what I beat you in? Uh Twitter followers. That is true. I wasn't going to go down that road, but yeah, <laughs> I wasn't going to go that low blow for okay, you. What were you, going
2: to, what were you going to say? I was going to say I was what, better what? at darts than you, but true, I have more for you. Yeah, Okay.
1: Very good at darts. Uh, right, Dave, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it, man. Um, and as I said, that's all that we've got time for this week and for the series. There'll be a highlights episode of Head in the Game for you to enjoy ahead of the summer break, so do not worry. Dave, uh, voice... Yes. Uh, what I like to do at the end of the podcast is allow you to join in with my uh, very loud, excited head in the game. Are you ready for this? Are you going to give us a cue? The cue is going to be, until next time, keep your... And you'll say head in the game. Head in the game. Do you know what, voice? It was so much less complicated when it was just me doing it. Oh, Rachel. Oh, Rachel. God bless her. <laughs> Where is she? Right, everyone. Here we go. Until next time, keep your head in the game. Head in the game. Oh, Dave. Head in the you game. were just Dave. You were just so... Dave, you meant to do it exactly the same time as me. Okay, come on. Okay, here right we go. On. Three, two, one. Until next time, keep your head, head in, the in the game! Head in the game! Oh, Dave, no. you've <laughs> just done it. Oh, it one, one more time, perhaps? Until next time, keep your head, head in, in the, the
2: game!
1: game. <laughs> Yay! ESPN,
0: Head in the Game.